What's up, guys? Evan Britton here, stoked for this new episode of the Evan Flow podcast, talking values with my brother Gus. Values, interesting topic, highly underappreciated, underacknowledged, the idea of what is your value system? What is that inner matrix that guides you on your journey through life? The boundaries by which you live your life in and through, how it affects your relationships, how it affects how you show up in the world. It's a good one. Lots of fun. Stoked to share with you guys today. Other than that, you may or may not know this, but I offer one-on-one coaching. So not only do we have our live heal and flow in-person events, that's super awesome and a lot of fun, but you can work with me one-on-one. Who is this for? If you find yourself going through a life transition, if you find yourself overwhelmed, lost, lost your sense of purpose, lost your sense of self, I'm your guy. One-on-one coaching, we take you through the pillars of well-being, physical, mental, emotional, working with ancient practices like meditation, breath work, yoga, getting your food right, getting your mind right so that you can be the person you were destined to be. So check that out. Link in the show notes. Look forward to hearing from you. Lots of love, y'all. Have an excellent day and enjoy this episode. You have unlocked the eternal link to internal source, the key of imagination, your admission, access to the enlightened dimension, a gateway at the junction of darkness and light, the place at which the chaos of our conditioned frame of mind give way to a life in constant flux, only to be mastered through vigilant discipline. Peaceful times may come, testing times may go. This is the ebb and flow. What do you think about all this? Are we rolling? Yeah, what do you think about all this news about the government and Congress having hearings on UFOs and extraterrestrials? I mean, what what does that mean? Exactly. Um, Dude, it's so... With aliens, what's funny to me is that we think we would even be able to see them. first First of all. What do you mean by that? Well, it's like we've we've created this cliche of what an alien is, where it's uh-huh. a flying disc, and then the alien's a big head with the black eyes. Yeah, it's like you know. No, do you want to shut that door? Thank you. Um, then it's like, oh, the aliens are here, and they just so happen to look like a a, a big headed thing that flew in on a disc. Right. It's like what. What if it? What if an alien was just like an orb? Mm. Like what? That's like just a pop culture idea. Yeah, my thing that's really funny is it's hilarious how everybody's all excited that the government is 
Oh, yeah. Admitting to the existence of aliens. I'm like, did we need the government to tell us that aliens existed? And second of all, if the government's proved anything to me over the last few years, it's that just about everything that comes out of a government organization is probably a lie or a manipulation. Yeah. 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 I don't, I don't. Anyway, I thought we'd kick that off just as a starting point. Jog the mind. What's up, y'all? What's up, everybody? It's the Ebb and Flow pod. We're here. We're dropping in. We're dropped in. We got Ganesh. We got... I've always loved this statue. Is it the crying monk? The crying, the laughing or crying monk? I don't know. He's curled up. Whoever designed this just it's a beautifully yeah i love that legendary thing. design yeah it's beautiful yeah i love that guy um we're here yeah well Could you hand me my water over there well it's funny you start Thanks, with brother. that because of what i was thinking of talking about were values and it's interesting that to me values is all about truth um, so, you know, it's, it's funny that you start off with the UFO thing and the government, the government, which seems to have no idea what its values are or completely lost its values, mm. you know, so that's an interesting place to begin, you know, the government, which politics, which to me has just become this totally valueless endeavor. I mean, hopefully we can change that. There's always that hope, right? where a new person comes along and there's hope that they can restore our values and re re you know ignite that and initiate and, and bring that back into our culture so we can believe mm. again mm-hmm. um i'm just so disenchanted by the next politician saving us yeah for sure <clears throat> well how can you have a government or politicians who have values when they're completely bought by pharmaceutical companies or foreign interests? It seems more and more clear to me all the time, anytime I look at it, that this whole thing is as absurd as China has to some extent, infiltrated American politics. Mm -hmm. And you see it on a very superficial level with just about everything you buy in America is made in China. Mm -hmm. Isn't that weird? That's not, that's one of those things that's like the chemtrails. Like everybody goes, nah, it's nothing. Mm -hmm. That plane blasting shit into the sky, that's nothing. Yeah. Everything we buy is made in China. It's like, why is that? Why is that? Literally, because manufacturing, we've completely outsourced manufacturing, which gives them all of that control mm-hmm. in the manufacturing industry of of just about any product that is on an American shelf. Right. And to the same degree, they've completely infiltrated our politics. Mm-hmm. 
with money, with influence, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And look, I'm not I'm not a fucking poli sci major by any means. I steer very clear of any political discussion for the most part. However, it seems that simple. So when people are walking around infatuated or in the belief that Joe Biden or Donald Trump or anybody for that matter, I will say Robert F. Kennedy seems to be a completely different beast as it pertains to a presidential candidate. (laughs) Because he has always been, he has set the standard in his career of being the people's champion. Yeah. Anyway, talking about values, I think that's we that is an interesting point of that. And politics is such a grand illumination of how can you live or lead in accordance with any value system when you have been bought, mm-hmm. your voice, your soul has been bought. Right. Right. Well, I think it comes down to the four noble truths in Buddhism, which is life mm. is life is suffering. That's the first one. The second one is uh, suffering is caused by desire. The third one is there's a way out of it. And the fourth one is the way out of it is by following the eightfold path. The eightfold path is is more complex, but really what I'm what I'm saying is so like for instance with politics your values go out the window because you start playing in the desire game. Mm. You know, it starts out altruistic. I would say every politician probably starts out wanting to do the right thing. Mm. And then desires come in, money, cars, power, fame, and then suffering starts happening and then your values go out the window. Mm. So I think politics in particular is a really hard space to, um, you know, keep integrity of your values. I mean, we, we've seen it in over and over again in history. Um, so, well, if there are no values in politics, what's holding all this up? I mean, you would hope that the one place where values existed, it would be the people that are running our land. Which it's not, clearly. Right. It hasn't been for a long time. So then one of the problems with that, somebody, I was talking to somebody yesterday and we were talking about service. And she said, uh, you know, I said something, you know, it came down to, well, what is service? And I thought, well... I think the best service, the best way to define service for me is um, clearing me out, you know, working on myself and getting closer to God and my true values. And then whatever action comes out of that truth will be serviceable because I'm working through God. Mm. Now, when you get into politics, all you're doing is trying to save everybody else. You're not really working on yourself as far as I can tell. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to save you. I'm going to save those people. Meanwhile, you know, you're going to the best Western in fucking Salisbury, Maryland with a hooker, you know, which, okay. (laughs) You know, are you working on yourself at all? Are you doing that just to get 
just to get high, just well, to feel good, well, just then to it, feel love. Well, then your service becomes uh, there's a price tag now on your service. So like somebody in politics, mm -hmm. the more people I help, the more I'm going to get mm -hmm. that I think is a problem, mm -hmm. right? So your altruism now is like bought and paid for. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and, and you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Well, when does that, because there's the ancient tale wherever it started of selling your soul to the devil right and that is literally what it is uh-huh it's when you are paid mm -hmm. to say something mm -hmm. it's the problem with all of marketing and advertising when it comes to being a uh an individual who's building a brand on your personality like me or right. Uh, an Instagram, like any influencer, yeah, or any actor in Hollywood, right? I mean, the same artists, thing. artists, artists, it's exactly the same. Your art right. becomes totally. I always come. This word always comes to mind, but it's more than that. Bastardized. It's mm -hmm. it's infected. It's poisoned. Yeah, hijacked. It's hijacked by these external forces that right. you've shaken hands with and said yeah i'll be a good boy and do what mm -hmm. you tell me to do even if it's out of alignment with what i believe at my core right, right. you know yeah and that's on there that that'll be a part of their trip right like that's a part of that individual's journey right. when they have to look at themselves in the mirror one day and say wow i perpetuated x message and that's totally out of alignment with what i actually believe and feel is right and good and true right and that how can you it's a good question dude because you said this thing and you've been posting about it and i know you've been you've been you've been meandering and wandering and navigating through this concept of values and looking at what your values are mm. <clears throat> and i would say that i haven't really thought about that it's more of a feeling thing mm -hmm. and our pod on masculinity just came out oh nice yeah uh that was two weeks ago actually yeah but um I think we talked about it on the podcast mm -hmm. and the more I, I talk about the concept of masculinity, the more I realize it's a really difficult thing to articulate. Mm -hmm. Masculinity? Yeah, because it's really a thing that must be lived. Mm -hmm. You know, I was talking right. to, I was thinking about this. I've been thinking about this. You know how Grammy has her thing about she doesn't like to talk about acting. Uh-huh. Because it's something that you do. It's right. not something that you talk about. Yeah. And what is there to talk about? Right. You know? <laughs> and masculinity is very much that thing. Yeah. And yeah. this guy, I was having another conversation with a guy who said, you know, someone asked me to define masculinity. I say, that's a lot like trying to define what beauty is. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that's a really good analogy for that. You he, know? He said that? Yeah. And I, I thought, that's really spot on because you know masculinity it's like we could say it's the mountain mm -hmm. it's the spear it's the provider it's all of these things mm -hmm. 
But like, what does that actually mean? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like to right. the mind, it's like, oh, okay, so I'm the mountain. All right. right. Like I'm strong. I'm tall. I'm strong. I'm sturdy. Yeah. I'm foundational to the the ecosystem that's around me as far as providing a, a structure for life to move and flow against and through. Right. This guy, one of my good buddies, Mark, talked about Mark before, but he was listening to the pod and he commented to me about how, which I hadn't really thought of, uh-huh. but the mountain, there's a lot of life growing out of the mountain. People live on the mountain, mm-hmm. you know, I'm right. thinking about the mountain, the king archetype, all of these things. Mm-hmm. But the truth of masculinity is something that's almost ineffable. It's like, how does a man show up in the world? Mm-hmm. Like, how are you showing up in the world? And right. it's, it's those moment by moment actions mm-hmm. that are taken, words that are spoken, that's really right, what it is, right. right? Well, I think... Oh, go ahead. Well, I just... To bring that full circle, for me, your value system... For me, thinking about what are my values? What's mm-hmm. my value system? And that's something that is revealed through the relationships that I have. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't know if... And I'm sure if I s- sat down and I took a moment and I thought, okay, what are my values? What do I really value in my life? Mm-hmm. I value peace. I value serenity. I value love. I value encouragement. And what does that look like? Right. You know? <laughs> well, it's funny. Uh, there's a lot in there that you just said. So, f- first of all, for me, these are my revelations lately about all this. First of all, um, so when, um, speaking about values, when you abandon, when you abandon your values, yeah, mm-hmm. when you abandon your values, you abandon yourself. Uh-huh. When you abandon your values, you abandon yourself. Most people are walking around either having no idea what their values are or being clouded by desires, whether it's alcohol, whether it's drugs, whether it's unconscious sex, whether it's cars, whether it's clothes, they think those are the things they value. Mm. And to our point that we've talked about a lot of enlightenment where it's stripping away, you get into the enlightenment process and you keep stripping and stripping and stripping things away so you can get to your values which to me, live in your intuition, which is located in your heart. And how you described your values, I feel that every person on earth, because your values are your heart's deepest desires, Mm. every person on earth has the same deepest desires, core values. Love, compassion, empathy, community, trust, we all have the exact same values in our hearts. Mm. This is what I believe. That's interesting. It's all the same. Mm-hmm. It's all the same. We want exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. 
at your core. I'm talking about your core. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying, oh, but I do value the Mercedes. No, that's not your heart's value. Right. I'm talking about your core intuition where God lives, those values. Yeah. So yeah. that's very interesting to me. Uh-huh. Because when you strip it away, every spiritual being, every enlightened being, what are they talking? They're all talking about the same values. They're yeah. all talking about the same value system. Yeah. And then I think another interesting thing about what you were just saying about actions. Love is about actions. Love is not about words. Mm. You can tell me you love me, but I need to see your actions. Mm -hmm. I don't care how many times you tell me you love me because that just turns into the boy who cried wolf. Mm. Okay, you love me, but your actions aren't aligning with your words. Mm -hmm. So at a certain point, you got to stop the words and you got to start living a certain way. You got to start living your values. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, like with 12-step programs, the amends is not about saying sorry. It's about a living amends. Mm. It's about living the new behavior. Right. If it was about saying sorry, it wouldn't do anything. We wouldn't change. Yeah. We wouldn't integrate the new value system. You know, when we go through the 12-step program, we say you're restructuring your belief system. Mm. You're starting to learn what your values are. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's really important. And part of this came up for me because I've been doing this OCD therapy. And there's this, this modality called ACT, which is acceptance and commitment therapy mm. to help OCD. Mm. And one of the big things in that process is recognizing your values because when you're living in the OCD paradigm, which I have since I was a child, those values are really skewed. Like for instance, my OCD lives in self-loathing, self-destructions. I don't deserve anything. Mm. Those values don't serve me. Uh -huh. So doing the ACT therapy, I've had to really get clear and practice in my brain, in my heart, in my actions. What are the values that can help me move through this thing that has felt really debilitating. Mm. So that's where it all came up for me uh -huh. with the values and looking at it in a new way. Was that word used in the ACT yeah, it's exercises? A, yeah, it's a big, it's a big aspect of it. So it's like looking at your values, looking at your values. values. Like, yeah. What are the values that you've been functioning on? Right. Are those working for you? Are those dysfunctional? Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. Reevaluate. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm hmm. So that's where a lot of it came up for me with this stuff. Well, it's really interesting. I mean, when you brought it up, I think we were in New Hampshire and mom. Yeah. And we started talking about how every one of your relationships, it, it lives and dies by the value systems of right. each party. Right. You know? Yeah. We don't really think about that. Uh -huh. But even thinking about everything I do work-wise now, you know, I do these events, I do do um, the pod, and I do other things. And anytime there's a breakdown in communication, and there, there was a very poignant moment in a breakdown in communication with an event that I'm working on for the fall where I realized, Oh, we have two completely different value systems. Mm -hmm. Like 
the event, what we value in the event we want to put on is different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that leads to a whole breakdown in communication. Right. And once again, it's it's this realization of it's not necessarily right or wrong or they're an asshole or anything like that. But it literally comes down to we value different things here. Yeah. Yeah. And to your point, I want to, I want to, you know, you brought up relationships, relationships, everything in life is relationships. There's not a a person, place, or thing. It's all a relationship to that thing. You know, I have a relationship to this hat. I have a relationship to you. I have a relationship to Los Angeles. I have a relationship to the government. It's all a relationship, Mm -hmm. but you know, relationships are the breeding ground or the battleground where we get to practice our values mm-hmm. and we get to see and just do we're in this eternal process in our relationships of does this work for me is this mm-hmm. who i want to be you know i'm with i'm with you and it's like you're smoking cigarettes all day i'm like you know does it align with my values like watching you slowly kill yourself that way you know, because mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I don't think anybody would say, oh, I'm smoking these cigarettes. Yeah, this really aligns with my values. Mm. You know, I don't think that's true. At the core. You know, poisoning myself really aligns with my values. Uh-huh. Like, I don't think that's true. Yeah. But, you know, those, but um, to me also, God, oddly enough, you know, I said this thing, God is limitless the other day, but God also gets practiced in boundaries too. We get to practice because we're born limitless and then all this stuff happens and we get scared, fearful, courageous, whatever. And we then have to go back to limitlessness Mm -hmm. and we practice that paradoxically because we're born limitless. Paradoxically, we practice that through seeing what our boundaries are Mm -hmm. and keeping moving the boundaries and, and, and sort of, you know, evolving the boundaries of how we want to exist in our relationships. Mm. Because, you know, you create those boundaries, like I'm sure you've had with this work situation, it gets tough and you really got to bring God in. Yeah. Otherwise you'll just, you know, you'll, you'll get dysfunctional and unmanageable and whatever symptom comes out of that. But those boundaries are where we get to invite God into it and say, okay, how do, how do we move through this and, and, you know, with honesty and continue to cultivate who we truly are and who we want to be. Totally. And if you don't have the ability to set those boundaries, you end up abandoning yourself because you're abandoning your values. Mm-hmm. Which takes you farther away from God. Which is interesting, isn't it? Yeah. It's really interesting. It's a fascinating structure, metaphysical structure to the universe, or at least to the human experience of God existing within boundaries Mm -hmm. or God revealing himself Mm -hmm. through the existence of boundaries. Mm -hmm. 
what is the antithesis of that? It's ego, I suppose, or it's it's suffering, it's mm -hmm. disconnection, it's mm -hmm. like when you abandon your values because you're unable to set a boundary mm. in a relationship with somebody. Well, see, thinking about that, you said the suffering, which comes out of desire. If I think about me, I've been in plenty of relationships where I've abandoned my values. And thinking back about it just right now, I was probably abandoning my values because I was going to get something, mm -hmm. get something I desired. Yeah. Now, I think when you cultivate awareness, you can pause and go, is this desire worth that? Mm. Is it worth abandoning myself to potentially get this desire and then cause more suffering? Mm. Probably not. Mm -hmm. At a certain point, you go, probably not. Mm -hmm. I'd probably rather not do that event and enjoy myself more, even though, oh, I might make some amount of money or make some connection. Mm-hmm. But keeping in line with my values feels way better than abandoning myself. Yeah. And when I say self, it's the capital S self that lives yeah. in your heart space. Yeah. And once again, this is a really interesting conversation because that that buddhist principle of freeing yourself of all desire mm -hmm. that that sentence freeing yourself from all desire to free yourself from suffering wouldn't living in accordance with your values doesn't that come down to a desire? Uh-huh. Having desire. And is it a redefinition of the Buddhist principle of freeing yourself from desire to free yourself from suffering to say that actually means that you become so crystal clear on your values your value system that you're never abandoning yourself mm -hmm. to the whims of some external force mm -hmm. because that's where God lives. See, that was one of the things that Ram Dass always talks about where, where Buddhism fell short for him because Buddhism was really about clearing yourself out to oblivion to the point where you're just this empty mm -hmm. zero ground. Mm -hmm. And he took it and added love into it, love and service from Neem Karoli, basically. Right. He took that idea of clearing yourself out, but then filling the void with love and service. Mm-hmm which Buddhism doesn't really talk about because the love part is yet another desire. It's yet another attachment. Right. You know what I'm saying? Well, so this is my thing is 
And I know that you're not likening you. You were really talking about you were bringing that in as sort of a more context to the question of values and and abandoning values and what is sort of a a, a tangential piece of that pie. But when you think about that from that perspective, because for me in my life, God 1000% exists in, reveals itself in the boundaries, Mm -hmm. in the creating a structure of my life, of how I exist and function and acting in accordance with my value system or my inner moral structure, which allows me to feel good and free Mm -hmm. and living with God. Right. You know, and that's, that's having the difficult conversation. That's voicing your, your peace on what you need out of a situation or how you need something to, uh, take place or what you're looking to accomplish in that thing Mm -hmm. or in that relationship. That's where God lives. And I've been in the fucking chaos. Like I went to a meeting yesterday morning and I was reminded by how fucking chaotic and unmanageable my life was before I came to 12-step programs. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, I could barely breathe. Right. Because my thinking was so catastrophic and chaotic. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like making a phone call was hell. Yeah. And I would, I would mire on these things that were so small and turn them into these massive mountains of problem, right. you know? Mm-hmm. And 12 step programs really gave me the courage to be able to start articulating what my needs were. And, and understanding what my value system is and living in accordance with that. Right, right. Which has given me the opportunity to live in relationship with God. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's, a, there's that chapter in uh, 12-step programs. I want to say it's into action. This is something we people always say. It's a very important chapter in the big book. Into action. It's not into thinking. So you say live in accordance with God. You know, it's not think in accordance with God. Uh We go and live and move in accordance with God. It's into action. That's a very important chapter in the big book. I also want to say those little statues of Buddha. You see he's got the bag thrown over his shoulder. Yeah. People think that's a bag filled with gold. That's a bag filled with trash. (laughs) Isn't that funny? Uh Uh-huh. I think that's so funny. But then, but to... So... You know, so when I was talking about this, also somebody brought up, well, is desire bad to your kind of Ramdas, you know, being super clean and, you know, you know, are Buddhists just like super neurotic, like, 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 uh, you know, Ramdas will say, like, I just turned into like a horny meditator. I just turned into like a horny celibate. Uh-huh. Like I was like, I got rid of all the shit, but all I could think about was sex. Right. You know, while I was meditating. Yeah. So then I think it becomes, you see a beautiful woman or you see your object of desire and you're able to take it in 
<clears throat> but not get attached to the outcome. That's where the next aspect comes in. I've got a meeting with an agent, a literary agent next week. Mm. I would love for them to say, hey, man, we're going to take you. <laughs> we're going to fucking get you this book deal. We're going to blow you up. And I would be lying if that wasn't in my in my landscape. Uh-huh. But I so have to detach from that outcome satisfying myself. Mm. You know, that's, I think, where the suffering comes in. Yeah. So you yeah. see the object of desire. And then you don't get it Uh or you get it and it's not what you thought. Uh So it's detaching from what you feel like the outcome is supposed to be. Uh And when you feel like you know what the outcome is supposed to be or what you want the outcome to be, you're living in self-will. But when you're detached from the outcome, you're living in God's will. Mm. Mom wants to buy a new house. She found a beautiful house. Self-will is, I got to get this house. God's will is, if you're supposed to have this house, you're supposed to have this house. Yeah. And Isn't that... the next indicated action. Yeah. And you just take... Yeah, exactly. Isn't that so much more of a re- relieving process than trying to will your way to everything? Well, here's another thing I was reminded of yesterday in this meeting was this guy started talking about how he had turned this job opportunity into his higher power yeah and he's like i have a great job i'm tenured i love what i do my life is fantastic this job offer came along and literally i decided my whole life was shit Mm -hmm. unless i got this job Mm -hmm. and i turned this job into my higher power Mm -hmm. and spent an entire day rearranging and and anxiously maneuvering my life to give myself an opportunity to get this job because I had to have it and otherwise my life was shit and incomplete. Mm-hmm. And yesterday I had a really interesting experience which has come up before where I started feeling like I'm not good at anything. Mm-hmm. I'm not very good at anything. And my whole life I have felt like there are things that I consider myself to be great at mm-hmm. that keeps me standing, mm-hmm. that keeps me going. And yesterday I sunk into this hole where I was thinking to myself, I'm not really great at anything. Like something like yoga teaching, I got some criticism on something or it's been really difficult for me to teach lately because it's just so fucking hot and I feel like I'm worn out. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm not really a great yoga teacher, which I thought I had been living in this fantasy that I was a great yoga teacher. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I feel like I'm not getting to lift weights the way I would love to because I don't have access to a gym where I can throw, you know, 300 plus pounds on a deadlift and lift that. Mm-hmm. And I used to think that I have this great strength and mm-hmm. great power as a physically and feel like I don't have that you know and I realized that I I make all these things my higher power Mm -hmm. I make the yoga teaching my higher power I make the podcasts and the social media my higher power and 
if I'm not making the clips that make me look like a guru and everybody <laughs> likes them and they get, you know, a hundred thousand views. Yeah. I'm not doing it. I'm not great at that. And then yeah. like, it's like, what am I even doing here? Yeah. Fucking, you know? <laughs> and I realized I, it was so clear this morning. I just thought, oh man, I made all this stuff my higher power. Mm. Yeah. And then I got to reconnect to my value system, to my actual higher power, mm. which is, Eb, you're doing a great job just showing up here today. Right. You know, just waking up today. We're doing a great job. Yeah. And what does my value system actually say? I'm cultivating a life of more love and more peace. Mm-hmm. And that's what really matters to me. Mm-hmm. Like having connected relationships with people mm-hmm. and doing purposeful work. I'm mm-hmm. still doing all that. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, that was a really interesting reminder there's a lot of good reminders in the meeting yesterday for me about not making things your higher power because that spins you into chaos, mm-hmm. which is essentially you've been overcome with desire, right? Right. Which is creating this suffering because your life does not include that thing that you want right, right now. And so your life right. is incomplete or not good enough right. as it is. Yeah. And it's like, dude, I've worked my ass off yeah. to get here. Right. You know? Yeah. And now you can't be present. Exactly. You're you're so far gone. Yeah. You know, you're I'm you're, angry, you're, you're, I'm resentful. Um you're in a fucking cabin in Austin that doesn't even exist. And, yeah. and you've got like beautiful people sitting next to you and you, you're not even there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you can't even be in the present moment. Yeah. So that's great to be able to come back to um well, this is where we are now. I mean, that's another thing about presence. It's just like we're constantly, you know, constantly taking ourselves out of this moment. I mean, we're constantly doing that. It's so unfair to ourselves. It's yeah. so unfair to the people around us. It's so unfair to the gift that we've been given just right now. And part of it makes sense because of manifest destiny and we're creatures that want to, you know, create and build. Part of it makes sense, of course. But it's also just so unfair to right now, you know. When are we going to enjoy each other if not right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I get the 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 uh, G-Wagon, then I'll be able to sit with you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Dude. I mean, no. Because then totally. you'll get the G-Wagon and then you'll want, you know, the, the the bigger house. Yeah, then you need the private jet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is why percent. every spiritual teacher, you know, is says the same things. Mm. They come back to the same things. Yeah, over and over Be again. present. Yeah. Be present. That's it. That's Be it. present. That's all I mean, there is. There's a practice to getting present. Mm-hmm. But it's just be present. Yeah. So I do. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Um, well, I want to come back. This this concept of God revealing himself in the boundaries, in the structure, mm-hmm. is really interesting to me because I 
conceptually, we are constantly given this model of God as being in everything. God is everything, which is true. God is in everything. Mm -hmm. And yet, the most profound revelations of God are always found in the structure, in the boundaries, in the creating, speaking the truth, speaking the needs, speaking the boundaries, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And it seems, it feels interesting for that paradox to exist because when, just take the example of our life, take the, I'll take the example of my life, you know, spending a lifetime not knowing how to articulate my needs, spending a lifetime not knowing how to articulate boundaries, how do I come to a place where I realize like a ton of bricks hit me that I'm completely disconnected from the divine, from my center, from the capital S self, Mm -hmm. from the source of my life. I've been completely disconnected. I find myself in complete disarray because I've spent my life abandoning myself unknowingly to the whims of my desires. Mm -hmm. Isn't that interesting? Right. Yeah. Why why is that a metaphysical law of the human psyche mm-hmm. where and I suppose there are some people who practice this and they would be called hedonists uh-huh. who throw themselves into pleasure and desire and that's sort of their spiritual practice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Can you find God there? Well, I don't know. I don't know if those people are conscious of what they're doing. Uh because I think eventually, like I said, we all have the same core heart-centered desires, or I mean heart-centered values. So mm-hmm. eventually, everybody comes back to the same place where a, a, a more hedonistic lifestyle, however you would define that, doesn't work. I mean, it, it's it's... You know, I'm assuming you're talking about like, I'm going to smoke weed all day. I'm going to drink alcohol. Yeah, anything, anything where you're just, you're, you're, there are no boundaries in your life. Yeah. You'll get sick. I mean, it doesn't work. I don't think it works. It runs dry. It runs dry. That well of, of satisfying yourself in that way runs dry. Mm. Um, And I said this on the last on our last podcast, I believe now that every single person, I guess call it soul, every single soul also, but I I do believe the soul is already enlightened, but every person is on this earth to reach at enlightenment and full self-realization at one point or another, whether you're completely far away from it, and I say the word God, and you bristle, and you're completely allergic to the word God, you know, we're all on different chronologies or trajectories of our self-realization. And I'm curious what you have to say about this. This is one of the deep mysteries for me. Why would God 
put all of these different people on earth at different levels of awareness like that's really strange to me like why aren't we all at the same level of awareness right how there's one guy who's drinking fanta and watching porn all day and then there's another guy who's uh you know gotten really into his spiritual practice and 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 worships god and now sees it all like how did that happen where there's and all there's these... a monk who just sits and meditates and chants all day long yeah up in the mountains of the himalayas in a temple somewhere right. but i think there is a clear delineation of consciousness and awareness it's not the dude that's drinking fanta and watching porn all day is not as conscious as the guy that's reading ramdas like because you can't hear that language if you're not conscious or not elevated in some way uh -huh. so to me he the guy that's drinking fanta and watching porn all day he's living in his root chakra he's living in his desire chakra mm -hmm. he hasn't even gone up anywhere yet uh -huh. but isn't that a strange mystery that we're all on these different wavelengths well this is then the thing of god is in everything yeah and i've had this thought this sense come come up many times of looking at the scope of human consciousness from a to z from from the guy drinking fanta watching porn to the monk who meditates and chants in the temple 20 hours a day and there is a human being on every increment of that spectrum all the way up mm -hmm. you know what i mean right someone yeah. is holding that point mm -hmm. and that is and within us within each individual is that entire yeah. spectrum that's really interesting right. and yet there is a physical manifestation of that point on the spectrum of consciousness across the planet mm -hmm. every every single person is holding a point on that spectrum and i mean fuck i've been the guy who's drinking fanta yeah. and watching the porn, right right you know yeah me too and i'm the guy now who's just about ready to fucking step into nature and spend the rest of my life meditating. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's a really, and it's to me, it's a revelation of God. This, the grand scope of God, like God is the devil, Lucifer and Jesus Christ. Right. That's a really interesting unfolding of that sort of, lotus flower of consciousness like the thousand petaled lotus flower of how in the guy i just want to reiterate what you said because that's really interesting in the guy that's drinking fanta is full enlightenment mm -hmm. in the guy that's enlightened is the guy that's drinking fanta yeah i mean it's very that's totally. a very interesting but the thing is what i think is is interesting about the trajectory the guy that's enlightened so to speak which we could uh, you know maybe Whatever that maybe means. yeah maybe there's yeah. five people on the planet that have reached full enlightenment in the history of the world i don't think he can go back 
to being the Fanta porn guy. The Fanta porn guy can go to the enlightened, uh-huh. but you can't go back. Yeah. Your consciousness, and, and that's that's to the point of evolution. Uh-huh. Everything is evolution. Yeah. You can't devolve. Uh-huh. You can willingly say, hey, let me check out porn. Let me, uh-huh. how does this Fanta taste? Uh-huh. But you can't go back to it. No, because that would entail going back to sleep, essentially. Right, which or, is impossible. Or going, scaling down the ladder of awareness. Right, right. Because you know where the Fanta and the porn are taking you. Right. You know where that road leads. Yeah. It's not where anywhere most of us want to be. Right. Or anyone who's aware of where that leads wants to be. Yeah. So that's why you stop doing that shit. Mm-hmm. Because one day you wake up and you go, man, I'm fucking depressed. I am fucking lifeless. I don't have any relationships. I don't feel good inside. Right. So back to your point of the hedonist person, it's not a sustainable, it's not a sustainable uh, way to be. It's not. You can sustain it for a certain period of time, but eventually God starts creeping in and that's where social media i think is interesting how i wonder if god said hey i need you guys to get enlightened a little quicker so i'm I'm gonna gonna create this social media thing where you can now hear all the information because it used to be you know if you lived in a place where there was no library you didn't know anything about enlightenment consciousness you're a you're you know maybe you were you know, ignorance is bliss at some point, but, mm. um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, somebody said to me the other day, I feel like God is telling me to stop smoking weed. Mm. And I just said, yeah, probably you've probably smoked enough. And then they asked me, do you think I should stop smoking weed? And I said, no, <laughs> do you'll know. Yeah. <laughs> you'll know. <laughs> yeah. God will be so right here. Yeah. That you'll take one puff and you'll go, oh, I can't. Uh, there's nothing here. Can't do there's this. no information here left. Yeah. It's given me all the information I need it to give me. Yeah. So God has a magical, very uh, light touch of introducing its way into our lives. Uh-huh. You know, and then in the 12 steps, you know, it talks about the spiritual awakening. You know, there's supposedly the snap variety mm. that, say, uh, Ramana Maharshi had, which I don't know if I particularly believe in, where you lay down and suddenly you're enlightened. Or there's the William James who wrote the, that book, Varieties of Religious Experience, his variety, which is educational. Mm. He, he believed in an educational variety where you're getting all the information and, you know, over time you're becoming mm. uh, self-realized. Right. Well, that's the thing. What is what is the trajectory of self-realization? Or what is the timeline by which someone becomes totally realized? It can be a lifetime. Mm-hmm. It can be many lifetimes. It can be in the blink of an eye. Right. And it, I think it's happened across the scope. Yeah. You know? Right. Um, and that's another one of those fascinating things, like you were saying about 
in the totally enlightened being, there's the guy drinking Fanta and watching porn. And then the guy watching porn and drinking Fanta, there's the total, totally enlightened being. Mm-hmm. And what is the distance between the two? Mm-hmm. There can be no distance right. or there can be light years <laughs> yeah, yeah. between those two right, people. Right. You know? Right. Well, it's like Ramdas used that great analogy of the mountain. It's 10 miles tall, 10 miles wide. And the amount of time it takes to get fully realized is a bird flies over it with a silk scarf and it wipes the silk scarf over the top of it. And the amount of time it takes to get realized is how long it would take. It it wipes the silk scarf over the mountain once a year. To wear down. To wear, a, I think it's even less than yeah, that. Yeah, he says like, like once, once every, every thousand, thousand years. To wear that down. To wear down the mountain. I think social media, since we're going on this premise that God is everything, social media has given the, us the opportunity to become realized faster. Well, faster. Social media is this interesting thing. It's almost as if we've gotten the opportunity to watch film of life. Yeah. Right. Like as an athlete, you watch film of your Mm -hmm. practices Mm -hmm. and you develop yourself as an athlete, watching yourself on film. Right. And watching other guys on film. Mm -hmm. Like what's the difference between taking this step and taking this step? Yeah. How does that change the block as an offensive lineman? Right. The diff- six inch difference between one step and another can literally change whether or not this block was successful or not. And so with social media, we have this really weird and I think um, uh, it wasn't, it, it's sort of a side effect because it wasn't necessarily the purpose of any of it. But we have, we've had this opportunity of through social media getting to go watching film of life happening in real time mm-hmm. and going, oh, how does that look? How does that resonate with my inner value system? Right. With my inner structure? Right. Does that feel right? Uh-huh. Does that feel good? Or does that really seem grotesque and out of alignment yeah you know yeah i totally agree i mean i think that going we've talked about this many times but these younger generations who have grown up with nothing but the internet and social media are they totally damned or Mm -hmm. are they have they been blessed with this expedited Mm -hmm. self-realization trip because they've had the opportunity to see it from the time they were, you know, could speak. Right, right. And I think there is a lot of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there are a lot of young people who are highly aware and spiritually developed in a way that we haven't really totally seen the results of yet. Right. But well, I think it's a good thing overall. Well, I mean, to that point, it makes me think about, I've heard people in 12-step programs like old-timers say, there never used to be young people in here. Like, there was never, like, mm. this many people 30 and under uh-huh. or whatever. You yeah. know? It used to be, like, 40s, 50s, 60s. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, it was never 20-year-olds in 12-step in meetings. meetings. Yeah, or, or yeah. Al-Anon. Or, or yeah. Al-Anon, yeah. So, Yeah. 
Um, but those boundaries, cultivating those boundaries, that takes time because it feels wonky and it feels weird. Uh-huh. And you don't want to upset people. You know, that's where you really got to watch because you'll abandon yourself there. Uh-huh. You know, and yeah. what does it mean when you when you abandon yourself? What happens? That's where the un- the unmanageability can happen. You know, well, that's what where, I was going to say, where you need to go smoke a joint or you need to go have a drink or you need to go find a body or less of a physical thing. You just get into shame. I love that shame acronym should have already mastered everything. Um, so. Those are really. Uh, well, when you decide to change or evolve mm-hmm. is when you come to that place of, oh, my life has become totally unmanageable. You know? Right. Like, when does the Fanta porn guy decide to change? Yeah. When he realizes that his life has become totally unmanageable. Mm-hmm. And that can look like a fucking car wreck. Yeah. It feels like a car wreck for sure right, when right. you're in that state. Yeah. Because all of a sudden one day it's like the train cars just come colliding into one another and mm-hmm. the train fucking comes off the tracks. Right, right. Or like 12-step programs, the bottom happens, which is the train coming Same off the thing. tracks. Yeah. So, which is where life starts to get honest. Uh-huh. I think that's, and that's a big thing with not abandoning yourself. Um, you, 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 you're compelled and forced to be fully honest. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And this is one thing I wanted to say. I'm curious what you think about this. I'm really interested in being around people. Unless I'm sort of seeing you kind of fleetingly for something, like the people that are really close to me are the people that I can be fully honest with. Because mm. if I can't be honest with you, there's no point. If we don't have a baseline of really pure honesty, there's no point. There's no relationship. Mm-hmm. There's no growth. You know? Yeah. There's no... uh foundation of values if we're bullshitting each other i don't really care i also don't feel safe with you Uh because then i can't be fully intimate and messy and imperfect you know even though we're all perfect i think but you know that's a real thing for me Mm. you know and that's when i'm around somebody who I feel like is not only abandoning their values, but doesn't align with what my values are. Oh, yeah. I have to go. Okay, is this is this where I want to be? Oh yeah. Is this the type of uh, relationship I want to cultivate? And more oftentimes than not, it's no. Uh huh. You know. Oh yeah. Some of them are trickier than others. Uh huh. Because you're kind of like. Back to that you're potential attached. conversation we had. Uh huh which we could do another podcast on. But, you know, you see the potential. You're attached in various ways. You think there's something there in the relationship. They're exciting. They're attractive. They have something to offer professionally. So you, you, you circumnavigate that instinct of, 
oh, yeah. this person's not in alignment with my values. Right, right. You know? And that circumnavigate's funny because you kind of like can see yourself like yeah. walking around. You're like, hey, man, to your values, you know, like, hey, yeah. just stay over there for a sec. I'm going to go see if this is, yeah, you know? Yeah. And <laughs> what I always find is someone who's not, someone who is living in another paradigm of value it always feels like there's this interesting repulsion like mm. a magnet mm, yes you know it's like yeah and i've had those where i keep coming back to that well i keep coming back to that person thinking there's something there or needing to validate myself through that yeah. relationship or right. thinking that i can get something here there's something here for me Meanwhile, abandoning this inner sense of this person and I actually don't really align on how we live or what we're interested in or what our values are. Right. Yeah. It's definitely taken me a while to get to see that. And I've had a handful of relationships where I look where all of a sudden there's that clarity of, oh, we're totally interested in different things, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah friendships romantic relationships or it's like oh we're actually just like completely different in what we're interested in accomplishing here yeah. and what our value system is yeah um and i think that's part of the dance you know that's part of the dance and are you in a place where you're gonna beat your head against the wall spending time around people who don't value the same things as you and putting your, and abandoning yourself in the process or are you going to live your life in accordance with your own inner value system, your own inner guide that brings you into contact with people who share that value system with you. And when you do that, I mean, look, it's never going to be perfect. You know, there's going to be people in your life who you don't align with on various things. And that's up to you. Like, to what degree, to what degree are you abandoning yourself for a relationship, friendship or otherwise? Right. Family. Yeah. I mean, family is another big one, I think, that. We think because we're family, we just have to put up with the yeah. manipulation and the chaos. Right. And the truth of the matter is you don't. You can't change that that person's blood or that mm -hmm. they're family. Mm -hmm. And that means that you actually don't have to put up with whatever thing is completely out of alignment when it comes to that relationship and that person, how they conduct themselves and how you're looking to live your life right yeah i've oh. definitely had that feeling of the opposite sides of the magnets yeah I've i mean that's how that. it comes into my mind is yeah i've had it that. feels like whenever right. you've had a magnet yeah you do that thing where the one side it just flips together mm -hmm. and then you turn them around and it's the polar opposite and they they won't come. You feel that right. energy resistance. They right. want to push each other away. Yeah, yeah. It's very interesting. 
Yeah. And then listening to to your intuition there. Because your intuition... Your intuition knows... Why is this? Your intuition knows the moment it connects with some energy. You're like, why does this feel so odd? Yeah. Like, why is this, like, not... Why do I have this gross feeling inside? Right. Or why or like, do I feel anxious? Why or... does this feel challenging? Or like uh-huh. something is like, something feels obvious to me, but it's clearly not obvious to you. And it's just like, and then you just, you know, you navigate the game of how long am I going to look into this well? Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. Um, which, like you said, is... Uh, that's a tough game because sometimes you're like, I kind of want to really keep seeing, you Let know, me see what's here. Yeah. Let me see what's interesting. And then in relate, and then in relationships, you know, it's really hard to just rip the bandaid off. It doesn't really work that way. Yeah. You know, it, it yeah. takes time to sometimes the magnets have gotten so tightly connected because I think you forced them to uh-huh. be, then you realize, oh my God, we're not really connected properly, uh-huh. and it takes time to extract, just get them off of each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you're in a relationship right now and you're going, I'm there. Recognize that it takes time. Mm-hmm. Recognize that it's okay. The realizations are there. Let's keep listening to your intuition, but it's going to take time. Ripping the Band-Aid off does not work. If it worked, you would have done it years ago. (laughs) Well, it takes time because first you have to get clear Mm -hmm. and clean. Right. You have to get to the place where you've come to recognize, know, and reconcile all of your behavioral mechanisms. Mm Mm-hmm. Your programming mm-hmm. of where you come from and what you think a relationship is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So that you can know, am I just trying to escape here? Mm-hmm. Or is this actually what it is? Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Am I just having a knee-jerk reaction because I need to get out of here or I just need to escape or is it because this thing actually isn't in alignment with you, right? with your center? And you can't really know. Like, If you're functioning from the place of my value system is I value money and success and material things that's where my values lie of getting, getting, and getting rather than a, the true value system of love and peace and serenity and connection and compassion, those types of things. Then you probably don't have a clear sense of and can't really make a, an honest decision about something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're not clear on that first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what takes some time. Yeah. yeah. Especially living in the West. Because mm-hmm. in the West, we really live in, we've created this psychosphere maze of attachments. Yeah. Yeah. 
to all this external stuff, which mm-hmm. has nothing to do with our internal value system. Right. You know, the truth <laughs> of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sweet, dude. Love it, brother. Love it, dude. Values. That was great. It was fun. Great topic. Hit us up, everybody. Let us know what you feel like your values are, what you think. um... Yeah, I don't know. I'd be curious. I don't know where you're going to hit us up. (laughs) Hit us up on Instagram. Yeah, on Instagram. Um, Yeah, everybody. Just think about it. Like, what is your value system? Take a moment. I mean, what does that look like for you? What are you actually interested in? What are the relationships in your life look like? What's your relationship with yourself like? Uh, These are all important questions as we move forward. Yeah. And then uh, check us out on Higher Power Workshop. I just dropped a new shirt. I just ordered it. I didn't send it to you yet. It's a photo of uh, Osho with the the photo i sent you oh dope <laughs> yeah. bro we might get we might have to take that down but we'll see fuck it dude uh check Wait that shirt out the cease and desist yeah that's a fun one dope yeah oh i need yeah. that I, shirt. I got an xl so you'll Sweet. you can wear it um and then we're on amazon our books are on amazon books on amazon life worth all dying of them. for how to kill a white man ebb and flow yeah and i'm on substack reality now working on another book Yep. Brotherly wisdom. That'll be out. Maybe yep. sometime in the fall. Yeah. Be a good Christmas gift. Yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. All right, y'all. Namaste. Uh, namaste. Yeah, namaste, peeps. Love y'all. See y'all on the flip. Peace.